welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Vision Day, and so as I said earlier, we like to just refocus uh, on what we're doing, why we're doing it, who God calls us to be, and what He calls us to do together. And uh, some things don't change, and some things shift a little. One thing doesn't change, and that is that our main vision is to bring glory to God. That's that's, that, that should be the, the foundation, uh, ultimately, for everything that we do, everything we are, to, for, for whether it's a, you know, our personal lifestyle, uh, to our church plans and programs. We're just wanting to bless God, yeah? Please Him, to honour Him, to bring glory to Him. And, uh, and then flowing from that, we think, well, how do we do that? And over the years, we've used a few phrases to capture our mission. And so we talk about the fact that we want to be continually reaching up to worship God, continually reaching out with the good news of Jesus to share to other people, and then reaching in with love and training, that's discipleship, so we can all achieve our God-given destiny. And, um, and their constants, as I said, they're not going to change, even though the specific plans and activities and programs and groups and meetings and stuff can can change. Um, and what also changes is the particular uh, focus or emphasis um, that we might have at different times because life has seasons and seasons change. And so we need to be flexible and open and listening to the Holy Spirit who speaks to us at different times about what he wants to do in our lives, in our church life, together, in our community. Uh, and so preparing for this year, when I've been praying, I felt God speaking about uh, us focusing on, the, on Jesus. That's a pretty basic concept, you know, he's, he's our Lord and Saviour. But particularly to draw close to the person and the presence of Jesus. And we want to set some things up this year to make that easier so we have opportunities to come close to him, to, to know him better and to encounter his presence. I mean, of course, God's presence is, is all around us. We walk and live in his presence, especially when we've committed our life to Christ. But our awareness of his presence can, can ebb and flow, can't it? And so it's good for us to appreciate and encounter and experience the presence of God. Um, because you can go throughout your, your daily life and, and God's there, but you, you're kind of not that aware. And not only can it bless you, it can help you to be a blessing to others when you're listening and flowing and aware of uh, the presence of God. And that's going to help fulfil actually a prophecy that Fergus McIntyre, who is a prophet, you may remember, came just over a year ago to our church and prophesied that our church would be known as a church that carries, no, I think his word was, that stewards the presence of God. In other words, to appreciate, understand, but also carry uh, into the community, God's presence. Um, and so we want to 
We want to really draw close to the Lord, encourage people to know Jesus personally. Obviously, there's that initial point of connection and commitment that we pray for, that we just prayed for then, that we invite people on every Sunday. There's an opportunity if you're here today, you've never made a commitment to Christ of your life. It's, it's, uh, it's an opportunity that we always we give um, and each of us have to decide who Jesus is for us. Um, and so we talk about inviting Christ into our lives or committing our lives to Jesus or uh, you know, making that decision where Jesus himself said, you can be born again. We get a brand new way of living, a, a fresh start in life. And so we're always going to contend for that, always going to give opportunity for that. And then, of course, beyond that, as believers, as followers of Jesus, as I said, there's, there's an appreciation, there's a deeper uh, encounter and awareness of the presence of God that he's always calling us to. And there's some wonderful things that flow from that. Um, so let's just have... A look and see um, our year and, and what it looks like in these three areas of, of mission uh, and a couple of specifics. When we talk about reaching up, obviously we're talking about worship, a lifestyle of worship, of prayer, of devotion to God and, um, and, and we're all called to that personally and of course collectively uh, as a church, a community of faith. Next week, Ruth will be uh, back and she's going to talk about um, an initiative that will be really exciting uh, in terms of prayer and that is getting prayer teams organised. And so we're going to encourage people to get just one or two or a few people that you connect with and pray together with and we'll have a WhatsApp or some way of communicating different prayer um, needs and uh, things that we want people to focus on. And so we can um, develop that throughout the year, which would be cool. Um, Regarding worship, I'm really excited about a, um, a service we're going to do once a month at five o'clock. Uh, we're going to do an encounter service, we'll call it, which will be an opportunity to have less preaching and teaching. We won't have a full program for the children, and so that'll free us up a little time-wise because we, we often would love to develop some things in our morning service, but we're, we're very aware that there's so many kids and workers out there and we've got to be uh, appreciative of the time constraints. Um, but on this service, we will have room for the ministry of the Holy Spirit, for gifts of the Holy Spirit, for praying, for healing, for prophecy, for worship, for prayer, for really encountering the presence of God. Uh, and so we'll do that once a month, uh, the first Sunday of the month. In fact, the first one... We will do uh, the beginning of March, which is the 4th, I think. And we've got a special guest coming, Ryan Smith, who has been for many years the music director of Oxford Falls, as you may know. And uh, wonderful, uh, not just talented musician, but great worship leader. Now, he's not in that role as music director. He's in a role uh, of pastoring, uh, but he's got a great experience um, in this whole encounter area of, um, you know, worshipping the Lord. So actually he'll be here in the morning as well and then he'll stay around uh, for the day and then we'll have that service at 5 o'clock. So you can diarise that if you like. There's only about 10 or 11 for the rest of the year, the first Sunday of each month. Um, so that'll be cool. Uh, and of course every Sunday is a great opportunity to worship God. You know, we've just had the, you know, these, the band come and they... they you know, practice and learn new songs and pray and get anointed. And we really uh, encourage people to come, you know, front foot early, uh, you know, and focus and use the opportunity to really encounter and come close to God. But of course, 
Worship doesn't just mean singing. You know, we often say, oh, that was nice worship, or that's a worship song, or let's do the worship, you know. But of course, worship goes beyond singing. It's a great way to worship, um, but our everyday lifestyle can and should be one of worship to God. In fact, you know, the Bible says um, in 1 Corinthians 10.31, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's worship, whatever you do. Some of you may have read um, a very old book, um, oh, Brother Lawrence, what's it called? Practicing the Presence of God, isn't that what it's called? You know, and he talked about how he was a, uh, a dishwasher and working in the kitchen in a, in a monastery and, and how he did it and worshipped God while he was doing the dishes. And just the essence of worship isn't any particular activity, it's the attitude that we bring to it. And so everything we do can be worshipped to God. Rick Warren writes about it in one of his books really well as well. And so whether it's, you know, working uh, in, your, in your career, uh, the way we think and talk and speak to others and relate to others and the way you spend your money, the way you entertain yourself, the, the things that you watch on screens of all different kinds, the things you read, whatever it is, uh, it's all part of worship. And so that's our reaching up desire and, and constant um, recasting that vision. Come on, let's be people who love to reach up. Yeah? And reaching I love because it's not um, a, a place where you've just arrived and settled and that's it and plateauing. There's a sense of constant uh, appreciation, constant engagement, co you know, constant pursuit. And of course we discover God and then we discover there's more to discover in God, we we find our 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 faith and our focus on God and our, our sense of you know purpose in life. But then we keep reaching and find more purpose and more excite, exciting adventures in God. And so there's this wonderful reach that you know should be in our heart that we don't want to just level off and 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 back down on. Um, and of course that applies to reaching in. You know we reach in with love, with with training, with a sense of discipleship. In other words, disciplined followers of Jesus, disciples and disciple, disciples and disciple makers, people who are wanting to grow in our faith and help others to grow in their faith as well. Um, and this is a hard one to, you know, quantify or organise or uh, categorise and structure because the church is organic. And, and this is organic, this whole concept of growing in God because it's it's... The church is an organism. It's a living thing. And uh, you can't just sort of, you know, contain it easily and categorise it. Uh, and so we, we are alive with the lifeblood of Jesus in the organism of the church. And, uh, and we breathe in and flow from his life. Um, and then that can take all sorts of shapes and forms as far as our connection with others and our growth in God. And of course we do have, you know, meetings and gatherings that are organised to help us grow spiritually. But, um, uh, you know, the real impetus for your spiritual growth is never going to come just from a program or a particular meeting or from someone else. Uh, of course, it's going to come from yourself, a desire to grow in God, a desire to, to, to know not just more about him, but to know him, like I've been talking about. And so we need to be intentional about our spiritual growth and, um, 
And of course, the mandate that's on each one of us to be disciple makers as well, to help others. Jesus said, go and preach the gospel to get everyone saved. But he also said, go and make disciples. So it doesn't just end with someone making a decision because we want every decision to be a disciple. And each one of us is part of that and loving our brothers and sisters. And so this is where fellowship goes to discipleship. It's easy to have fellowship. It's great. We'll have coffee. And if we haven't set a day, maybe we haven't. <gasps> if you're visiting, free coffee. You know, and we, 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 do, we, you know, we love the, the, the building here set up great for, for fellowship. And that's just a, a deeper level of friendship. But then when you go even deeper, then you, you're getting to really grow in your character and in your Christ-like uh, aptitude and abilities in life to, to really be more like Jesus. And so as I said, we have to be intentional about that for ourselves and to try and help others. And so that's why we have connect groups. And we, uh, you know, we, we want people to be able to uh, gather on a regular basis. Uh, obviously, Sundays is our first main point of gathering for fellowship and then flowing from that. You can build deeper relationships and opportunities. Um, and, uh, you know, we learn from the, the teaching, the preaching in, in, uh, in Sundays. We're encouraged when we're together in God's house, encouraging in our spirit, in a worshipful atmosphere. Um, and then we've got specific, you know, we've got normal connect groups. We've got some specific meetings. You heard the ad for the mums meetings. That'll be great for some, you know, parenting skills and growth in, in that area. Uh, we'll have some marriage meetings, specific meetings targeted to help enrich and improve marriages. We'll have a, an all-together meeting. We'll have, a, I think, a men's only night. We'll watch the footy. Uh, no, sorry, joke, joke. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll read, what we'll do, man, is we'll get all those books that we read about marriage that we wish our wives would read, you know? You know those books that you read and you leave next to the, on the bedside and you leave it open and say, honey, please read this? I know, I know. It's the other way around. Okay. <laughs> just, just putting it out there, but that joke kind of fell a little flat because it's... It's kind of not really funny. It's just a bit sad, isn't it? That <laughs> the, wives, the wives read the marriage books that are designed for the men to read. You know, they read the book that says how to be a man of God. You know, and the wife reads it and then she highlights a chapter and says, honey, you should read this. And then six months later, she blows the dust off it because it's sitting on the bedside table. So then she opens it up to one page and says, honey, you need to read this page, please. Six months later, she gets a highlighter. Can you read this sentence? Can you just please, you know. So I'm told. <laughs> My excuse is Ruth is a better reader than me. And I do. I do read the, I read the sentence. I read the highlighted sentence. I've even, I've even been known to read the chapter. I, I've even read the whole book sometimes. It's true. I know. I know. I want a medal. <laughs> it's like you see on the internet someone on Facebook's got a guy you know uh, saying this is what men this is what men think when they've made dinner once or something you know it's got the guy going yeah I'm incredible look at me you know and so it's a bit like that with marriage growth and improvement material the wives do a better job generally but we will hopefully rope the men in uh, and uh, we can trick them ladies we can say you know it's I don't know, whatever we need to do. Um, but we will have some meetings to help. You. In a fun atmosphere, we like to build strong marriages, yeah? Quite seriously, 
The world needs good, strong marriages that mean good, strong families, that means children are growing up functioning, not dysfunctional, and make great citizens and contributors to society. And it starts in the family, and the family starts in the house of God, growing in God. And so, uh, you know, we're passionate about that, and we'll organise those meetings. Uh, and later in the year, we'll also have this fantastic uh, DVD-based series that Heidi and Roland Baker have put together called Living From His Presence, with all sorts of notes, and we'll run that like a connect group kind of form. And so there's, you know, there's other meetings, and we love to have... You know, family fun day and friendship day and, and guest speakers who come with a particular ministry or message to us. And so uh, all those sorts of things help us, give us a bit of a platform to, to jump off from so we can grow in God. But remember, it, it's up to each one of us to want to grow in the Lord and connect with him and with others. Um, and, and of course, as I said, it's very organic. You don't have to wait for a meeting to be set up and structured. You can reach out. You can connect. You can meet with someone over coffee or midweek. And you can find the Holy Spirit leads us all to relationships that we can use to help us grow in God, where you can be vulnerable and honest. You don't tell the whole world all your problems, but you'll find one or two trusted Christian brothers and sisters where you can say, can you pray for me? this is a problem, or I'm facing this, or that's a really big issue, I need some help. And that's a wonderful, powerful thing that uh, is available when we grow and connect with God and God's people, yeah? Um, and so that's part of growing and reaching in. Let's talk about reaching out. Uh, oh, let me just say also, when, when we talk about reaching in, you know, uh, it's good to be intentional also about serving God because... You know, we can all pray, we, we, we can do lots of generic, general kind of things and, and it's serving God. But when you commit as a volunteer on a team in your local church, that's really good, not just for the people that benefit, like the people out there now working with the kids, the kids are benefiting. The fact that the place is tidy and clean, we all benefit from those that have been here vacuuming and, you know, blowing leaves around and setting up communion and all this sort of practical stuff. It's a blessing to other people, but it blesses you because it keeps you connected. When you're on a roster, you've got to be there. And that's good for you to be committed, you know. And, um, and so it's amazing how much uh, blessing you receive when you connect and commit to give. As Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And, th and that summarises, not just talking about money, it's talking about a lifestyle. Um, so reaching out, you know, we're still going to talk about weekly witness. In fact, we're not just going to talk about it, hopefully we're going to do it, which is, you know, this uh, uh, idea we have where at least once a week we figure a Christian can have a good, meaningful God encounter conversation with someone. Of course, you can aim for seven times a day. That's awesome. But if you're prayerful and open and bold and on the front foot, you'll get at least one decent conversation where you can share your faith, talk to someone about the Lord, maybe even ask or challenge them where they're at in terms of the Lord, invite them to church, give them something to read, pray with them perhaps even. Um, and so, for example, Ruth's away this weekend. She's at uh, Goulburn representing the Central Coast in a Masters hockey tournament. Well, she loves hockey, but she loves her church and her family, so she's really not just going for the hockey. She's going for the witness. And so she's hanging out with these girls, and a lot of them aren't that close to the Lord. Um, and so she's, you know, 
very much aware of that part of the, the program um, and her connections there for that purpose. Um, and next week, we're going to start a series for the next few weeks simply called Go, where we're going to remind ourselves and focus on the great commission that Jesus has given us. Uh, you know, he said, go and preach the gospel. Uh, and, uh, and we want to fo- follow his calling and commandment there. Uh, and, you know, when we talk about evangelism and soul winning and all that, the essence of the Great Commission, it's not uh, techniques of witnessing or, or a, a sense of duty to evangelise your neighbourhood. Uh, it's really a, a matter of the heart. Um, and, and this is, again, why we want to talk about the presence of God and, and knowing the person of Jesus because he moved, you know, when he is on earth and you read the Gospels, he moved with a heart for people. You know, it said he was moved with compassion and he had plans and then he just put them all aside because of people. And we want to really capture the heart that God has for people in our heart uh, because, you know, f- from walking with him is going to flow a natural desire to walk alongside others and tell them about him. And anything short of that can be, you know, awkward, clunky, duty-driven, guilt-driven, you know. And so we just want to have that as a natural flow. Um, as people have said, uh, you know, we need a passion to know him and make him known. It's very simple. And if we get to know him, then we'll want to let others know about him. Because let's face it, listen, church, you've got two choices. You can live for yourself you can live for God. And it's very easy to do the former. Live for yourself. You can, you know, eke out a successful living, a comfortable living, a nice living. Uh, even as a Christian, you can effectively, essentially, live for yourself. You can get your ticket to heaven, but you can just, you know, wind back the commitment a fair bit and just go, all right, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to church and tick a few boxes and all that. But you can have in your heart really more of a desire to figure out what you want. It's very easy for us to slip into that attitude of living, but it's boring. It's really short of what God's called us to. Uh, And so it's so much better to be sold out, to be fully committed, to find the plan that God's got for my life, not just work on my own ideas and really go on this adventure that he has by saying, Lord, I'm, I'm just giving it all. I'll follow you. You've laid your life down. I'm doing the same. I'm taking up my cross. I am losing my life. Show me what life you've got. Come on. That is really our, our calling, uh, the best way to live, the call that God has got for each of us. And, um, and some exciting things happen when you do that. You know, for example, last year, um, Ruth and I visited the Cook Islands and we noticed how strong, as you will have noticed if you travel anywhere around the South Pacific, how strong the Christian heritage is in the community there, how most people are fully committed Christians. And, um, and it's largely because of the great work the early missionaries did in that area. And we found out about one guy called John Williams. He was sent by the London Missionary Society in the early 1800s. He sailed around the South Pacific along with his wife, Mary, and they were preaching and church planting. They got to the Cook Islands and they wisely brought two young Tahitian preachers with them who could better connect with the locals. They left them there for two years and came back and the 
two guys had done such a good job, the whole group of islands had effectively been converted to Christ. And, you know, missionaries get, let me just say this, missionaries get a bad rap in the secular press. If you look up, even if you look up Wikipedia, you look up, you know, you Google someone like John Williams or any missionary, anyone, you know, whether it's to Aboriginal missions in Australia or the South Pacific Islands, you will get the, oh, yeah, they imposed European society and they, you know, enforced their Western values and they took away the culture and all that. Well, they also help people get over cannibalism and demon worship and child sacrifice and I'm not saying every culture but some cultures where missionaries have been have practiced one or more or all of those sort of things and so you know you've got to read between the lines in the main media's reporting sometimes or find a, uh, an older account of missionary activities to see less of a you know modern glaze of opinion over the top because they did a lot of good stuff um, uh, chiefly helping people discover Jesus even with sometimes some cultural overtones which you know was their thing I mean if you were a British missionary of course you thought that it wasn't just Jesus it was the British way you know and you're going to bring it with you and so yeah there's been a few issues along the way but the gospel is still essentially going to help people be born again into the kingdom of God, yeah? And that is our calling. And of course we want to be culturally sensitive. We don't want to, you know, in our own witness, we want to connect with people where they're at. We want people to discover a lifestyle that means, that makes sense to them and, and you know, follow Jesus. Uh, John Williams, as I said, was one of these guys that probably brought a fair bit of, you know, English censored, you know, way of living with him. But he, he led people to the Lord. Uh, but I, what, I, what I found was the, the, just the sense of sacrifice and willingness and passion to go on this adventure with God. You know, someone like this could have easily have stayed back home and lived their little comfortable world life. Um, so they, they, got, they came back and all the people had been converted practically. They loved the Cook Islands. Uh, they based their family, John and his wife, Mary, um, they based themselves on the main island, Rarotonga, which if you visited, you might think, what a tropical paradise they had to live in. Not so. It was difficult. It was so primitive and challenging that of their 10 children, only three survived to adulthood. Come on, mums, think about that. That's laying your life down as well as your kids. But they worked hard. They believed in what they were doing. He translated the New Testament into the local Rarotongan language. He travelled back to London to have it printed and he was there for a couple of years. He got a, an account published of his missionary endeavours which stirred others to the work to come out as missionaries in the same area. Then they went back to the South Pacific and they kept sailing around and preaching to the diff different mission fields which was very dangerous work because uh, many of the islanders practised can cannibalism. And so sure enough, 1839, he and a fellow missionary arrived on an island in the New Hebrides, which is Vanuatu today, and they were attacked, killed and eaten by the locals. And back on Rarotonga, they erected a memorial stone which Ruth and I came across in one of the churches. And there's a photo of it. And, and that's what we, we came across this and then we had it. Uh, and then, uh, and it says, if you can read that, uh, 
we do, I, I've read up about him after I came across this because I thought, well, someone liked him. The locals obviously thought he was worthy of a memorial. They put this up after they found out he'd been killed. The year, so that's been there since 1839. Sac sacred to the memory of Reverend John Williams of the London Missionary Society who was who with his friend, Mr Harris, was massacred by deluded natives. I love that. Because these are the locals that had been converted and they realised, yeah, well, the guys that killed him were deluded. At Eramungo, which is this island in the Vanuatu, while attempting to convey to, to, convey to them the blessings of salvation. And I think, wow, he went out uh, in a blaze of glory. Um, he was only 43 when he died. And, of course, on one hand, that's tragic to see a life cut short. But on the other hand, it, you know, a life lived passionately for God is never wasted. Because, you know, partly because of his death and the manner of his death, it created a stir amongst other people. So over the next 100 years, many others came to serve in the same area as missionaries. Almost everyone in the islands of Vanuatu were converted to Christianity and left cannibalism behind. And the London Missionary Society over those hundred years had a total of seven different ships, missionary ships sailing around named the John Williams at different times in his honour. And then in 2009, descendants of John and Mary Williams travelled to the island of Eramungo in Vanuatu and in a special ceremony accepted the apologies of the descendants of the cannibals. How awesome is that? Now, of course, you don't have to, you know, travel around the South Pacific to some random islands to share the gospel. Though Chris and Amy Dewar are moving for eight months, nine months, to Vanuatu, to an island, a remote island, as part of uh, Amy's research for her PhD on languages. And they'll be glad that thanks to people like John Williams, they won't be concerned when the locals say, hey, let's have you over for lunch. <laughs> True. But, you know, the point is we, we can all live a life of passion and this weight of glory, this sense of eternity, this awareness of God's love that can leave a, a mark on the earth and can make a difference in people's lives. And we are called to live like that and to have that front foot, soul winning heart. And, uh, you know, people have all kinds of problems, don't they? But there's one solution. His name is Jesus and we carry him within us. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.